0: Hey, Legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. Hello, legends, and welcome to another edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the podcast that actually talks with the superstars and not about them. This is Spotlight. It's out every Wednesday night over the off-season, and like all of our interviews and our episodes, you can listen to them at any time. None of them date. They're sitting there ready for you for when you're ready to listen. This week, we're focusing the light on Parramatta's Junior Bolo, following is a collection of short interviews we've done for you enjoy okay we haven't done this for a while who better to return it with eels and origin prop junior paulo how you doing big man
1: (laughs) i'm doing very well thank you for having me on
0: good 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 okay this has got nothing to do with footy let's rip in cardio or weights uh weights
1: definitely weights (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> new clothes or new phone?
1: I'm actually rocking iPhone 6S still from 2015 when I had it. So still got it. So I'll probably say new phone. It's time for an upgrade. Uh, love
0: it. Rocky or Rambo?
1: Uh, Sylvester Stallone fan. So probably go, what, tough one? I did love Ram. I'll go Rocky. Okay. Rocky.
0: Gone Rocky, the boxing link. Summer yeah, or winter?
1: Definitely winter.
0: Driver or Passenger.
1: Well, oh, uh, I'm more of a driver. I do love, yeah, going for long drives. Yeah, pajamas or nude? Are we talking about when we're going to bed? Or <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, probably nude. Okay. Favorite teammate. Oh, tough one. Uh oh, geez. A few characters in our team, as everyone probably already knows. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go my front row buddy. Reggie.
0: Reggie. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Beer or wine?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of both at the moment. Okay. Um, little, yeah. Little I, I a little bit of variety's is good. Yeah, sit on the fence on that one.
0: Big party or small gathering?
1: No, nah, small gathering now the older I get.
0: Bath or shower? Bath.
1: Not S- that the, the bath's big enough to hold me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's more plunged for the legs in my household. Save money or spend money? Uh, spend money. I'm a bit of a giver. Uh, I'd, I'd love to, yeah, save money, but find that hard when you've got the kids around. You got it. Last one, hamburger or chicken burger? Can't go past a
0: hamburger. Uh, you're a good man. I'm with you on that one. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. Love watching coaches and their reactions and also thinking that we know them by judging them on their mannerisms that we see on game day. Not all of them are grumpy. Some are, not all. Junior Paulo has dropped in. Brad Arthur, is he an angry man or not, mate? It
1: uh, depends on the scoreboard, but we have been in front in many occasions and he's still been pretty angry. So um, angry when it comes to footy.
0: What's the best part of your coach, mate? What do you like about him?
1: Um, probably that he's... Probably my mate before he is a coach, um, someone who's easily approachable and just cares more about um, the the person than they are the player. So, yeah, probably uh, the relationship that I have with him is just the care factor that he has for his playing group.
0: What a cracking answer. Okay, we asked about the best part. What's the worst part of Brad?
1: Preseason. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you come in overweight, so... He's still
0: uh, fit too, and he trains his arsehole.
1: Yeah, he, that's why I, uh, I say precinct, because he does ride the waves with you, and he's right there beside me on the treadmill with, with me and Reggie. So he's definitely always in the gym.
0: Best blow-up you've seen from Brad. Is there one that stands out?
1: Um, our, I think probably Oh, there's been a fair few, but probably one of the funniest ones would have had to be in our nines, uh, the NRL nines in Perth. So that was just a bit of confidence that we sort of had and uh, first day we actually lost the first game <laughs> um, against the Bulldogs, but it kind of looked like we were an arrogant bunch when we turned up. We had the speakers sort of blaring and thought we we're just going to turn up on the field and it was going to happen. Um, unfortunately, that's not how it went and put us in a sticky situation um, with terms of the ladder and, and the teams in our pool. So um yeah, quite the blow-up after day one when we got back to the hotel. Uh, got rid of the ping-pong table, got rid of the music and just went old school. Um, I, I didn't see why it was the ping-pong table's fault, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so everything was taken away.
0: Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. The footballers' boxing, Anthony Mundine, was the first of the modern era, but we can go a long way back to the most successful. If we go back to the 1930s, yes, that's before I was born, there was a fearsome front rower for Newtown called Herb Narvo. He'd play for the Jets in three spells. He also played for St George. During his playing career, he also started boxing. In Fight 13, he became the Australian heavyweight champion. Just a little history there for you. Now, one of the modern footballing boxes has dropped on in Junior Paulo. What got you interested in jumping into the ring, mate?
1: Yeah. Um, so I've never done anything beforehand. Um, it was more so a preseason before preseason. I thought of maybe it was going to be something for me to kind of help stay fit on track and, and definitely help with returning back in in good nick. Um, so, uh, I enjoyed the, all the training um, aspects of boxing. Um, it became more, I guess, serious the closer it got to the actual Fight Wolf gallon. And then once I got in the ring, sort of just felt comfortable in an environment that I wasn't comfortable in. <laughs> so, I just, yeah, I grew to love it. And then after that, you just wanted a taste again. And then you start to develop um, learning the crafts of the actual sport of boxing and and the art form that it takes to get in the ring. So I thought that side of things was the more, um, I think, kind of area that I wanted to explore about boxing is, you know, obviously you get in the ring, you want to hit people and the person standing in front of you, but you also got to understand how to not get hit. So, um, you know, just, yeah, the art of boxing is something that that sort of, um, you know, intrigued me. and then. Yeah, after the first one, everyone said I turned out half decent, so why not keep going and give it a crack?
0: The training for professional boxing, it's next level, isn't it? I mean, it's something else.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough now to do it twice now, but you know, it's certainly the hardest sort of training I've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. Compared to our rugby league pre you know, I think it's more so just being an individual sport, yeah. the discipline that it takes. Um, and just knowing that one wrong move in the ring could could mean lights out for you. So, um, you know, you, you got to be able to endure the the sacrifices and, and discipline that it takes to actually be a boxer. So that's why I probably wanted to, you know, you know, give it another crack and not just show that I'm not just one trick pony for who's an NRL player who just wants to jump in the ring once and then, you know, actually pay respects to the sport and, and actually learn the crafts and and how to actually get in there and box like a boxer.
0: Mate, I think everyone respects you and the mentality you took in. Let's go back to, uh, I think it was the end of 2016, and you mentioned the Gallon fight. What stands out from the night, mate? Because I would imagine it all happens really, really quickly.
1: Yeah, um, I was actually kind of almost psyched out beforehand in the change room. Um, I'm not too sure that uh, many people know, but I can't see anything that's happening outside, but they're right outside having an altercation in the hallway, then their entourage, their posse, like, full going at it. So it's kind of just sort of messed up the whole, I guess, preparation where I'm trying to mentally prepare because all I can hear is the crowd outside from the previous fights Um, you know, going on, so all I hear is a crowd going, and that's already, you know, playing on my mind, and I'm just thinking, oh, what am I getting myself into? Here we go. Um, So, yeah, there was a little bit of an altercation that sort of just messed with me, um, you know, mentally, thinking, oh, could this not happen anywhere else besides my (laughs) change room? So, But, yeah, just heading into, you know, that first fight. Um, Another thing that was going in my head was, don't get knocked out. Please don't get knocked out. <laughs> so, yeah, there's lots, lots of different nerves and excitement that goes through the body.
0: Uh, mate, you did enormously. I'll finish with some of those Herb Narvo stats. 61 first-grade games over six seasons, 11 games for New South Wales, four for Australia, including the 1937 Kangaroo Tour. In terms of boxing back in the day, The big boys especially used to almost back up and fight opponents twice or three times. He did that. He had a series of fights with Jack McNamee, Billy Britt, Ray Steer, and others. He lost two fights late in his career to the great Australian light heavyweight and heavyweight champion, Jack Johnson. He also fought a famous name in boxing, the Alabama Kid. They used to go by different names, not their birth name. It was almost a bit like wrestling. The Alabama Kid... Would retire with a record. Get this. 206 wins, 60 losses, 23 draws, seven no contests, 296 fights. There's one busy
1: boy. That's yeah, that's plenty of fights. <laughs> you have mean, look at good at some of the good records now. They're having 50 to 60, and that's pushing of it. Have 260 odd fights. Jeez. Oh, uh, I'm not too sure how I'm going to pull up
0: post career. <laughs> Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. Born in New Zealand but of Samoan heritage, Junior Paulo has dropped in to enjoy this six pack with us. Your job, mate. The six players who you looked up to as a kid that had South Pacific bloodlines. Who you got?
1: Uh, So I've got Sunny Bill Williams, uh, Nigel Vangana, Yofita Palisina, Ali Lawatiti, uh, Monty Betham, and. Foi foi moi childhood hero. Was Phil your childhood hero? Yeah, yeah. Um, so being a, a Parramatta junior, yep. um, playing for Parramatta two Blues, um, you know, you just you just see your front rower, you know, playing first grade, who's just come from, you know, certainly from the background that that he has, and mm-hmm. someone who's come over into an unfamiliar um, environment for himself. And then just to see what he done in the modern game that we play, and you know, I've really just come off the back fence. And I think it was the long hair, the crazy hairdos. When you see that, just wish washing around, and you know he's coming off the back fence. Steamrolling blokes, I think that was something I used to enjoy watching.
0: You just mentioned Cabramatta Two Blues. Who did you play junior footy with? Were any of the other bo- have any of the other boys gone on and played first grade?
1: Uh, yeah, we we're lucky enough, that, um, Nathan Brown and my t- teammate at Parramatta also, he was actually my 5'8'' growing up, so um, yeah, he was a, probably a lot skinnier kid than anybody what, he, yeah. <laughs> what <he> is now. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can tell the ball skills have always been there, so he's always been, um, you know, playing 5'8'' uh, ever since we were under 7's, so under 14's or 15's before he went off to play cricket. So not not many people know is that he could have been one of the famous Aussie cricket stars we could have been watching today. so um, he probably won't let that go, seeing as how much money they make now, but <laughs> uh, and we also had one, like, Jacob Gagan, yeah. who was lucky enough to play a, you know a couple of games, but um, he's overseas playing super league now.
0: Galaxyfinance.com.au dot a u. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. Some days stand out, some don't. Debut day always does. For this big unit, it was round 10, 2013, Parramatta vs. St. George, Illawarra. Junior Paula, you came off the bench. What are you a member of the day, mate?
1: Yeah, um, probably half time, getting spoken to by a sticky telling me I was going to go on because uh, Rennie Matua, I think, fractured his hand or someone else fractured their hand at halftime and told me I was going to cross the white line and get on the field. I remember missing out on the first half. Um, nerves were already running through and got to half time and told me I was going to play 40. I haven't played a whole 40 even in 20s or beforehand. So that was the first time I ever playing 40 minutes straight off the bat um, in a debut game. So I was actually attacking... Second row, but when we didn't have the ball, I was defending in the middle. Um, I just remember getting out there and trying to get an early touch. And obviously in the back row, I had Jamie Selwood standing in front of me. So why not run at him instead of running at, um, who was it? was Ben Cray back then. Yeah. Ben Cray was there. Um He was playing Origin at the time, so I knew who he was. And then outside of him, who was it? I think it was Carl Stanley, Chase Stanley, one of them. Yeah. Yeah, so just remember playing on that right. edge. Yeah, the first carry, just, yeah, wanted to run straight at Jamie Sowers. I because I was looking inside, Yeah, Tyson Frizzell um, on the other side, um, Mick Wayman as well. So definitely a quality um, Dragons team we, we were playing that
0: day. Yeah, they certainly were the red hot at that time. It wasn't on that day, but do you remember your first try in first grade and against who, where it was?
1: First try, West Tigers. At pertek Stadium, and that was round, oh, that same year. That would have been uh, late rounds, round 20-something, round
0: 22, 23. 22, you've got it. At Stadium, <laughs> West Tigers, you'll never, ever forget it, mate.
1: Yeah. Uh, it took me a while to get the ball down, but I just remember struggling to to put it down. I was actually getting held up for a while, and um, I think it was Henry Perinara. Who who was a referee or water to try?
0: (laughs) Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. 2020 was a weird year, a great year on the field for our guest junior, Paulo. You played your first game for New South Wales. I want to start with, who told you you'd been selected?
1: Yeah, uh, we'd just been beaten by South in a... Uh, finals, uh, next morning, f- get the phone call. Um, on the way to recovery, and get the call from Freddie. Um, so emotions were sort of head was in the gutter <laughs> that we've just been you know eliminated from the final series, and um, sort of yeah, it was a bit of a, a, a I guess a Sunday morning pickup for me, <laughs> you know, just getting that phone call, and then um. Yeah, then it starts to get emotional about who do I call first. Um, and the first person I call is my dad. Yeah. <laughs> been the one taking me to all my games as a junior. No matter how far I would play, it would always make the effort yeah. um, to travel and try and be at all the games. So, um, yeah, calling him and having my mum there too, just telling them sort of feels like um, an achievement that you've just been working your whole life for. So, yeah, it was definitely an emotional phone call.
0: Were there tears from mum and dad? I bet there were.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so my dad's a bit of a hard man, so it's kind of hard to get, get a couple of tears out of him. But once once the phone goes quiet, there's a bit of a pause there. You exa- you know you know what's happening. So, yeah. yeah, it was definitely an emotional one.
0: Mate, who was your roomie for the first game?
1: Uh, Payton Huss. He was my roomie for the whole seven weeks we were away because we were in the bubble.
0: Of course. Good young kid.
1: Yeah, it nah, he definitely is probably uh, one of the biggest human beings. Of um, you know, it's not too, too too often that I feel too small next to people, but definitely uh, standing next to Payne, he, he, he tall over me. What
0: stands out from your debut game in Origin, mate? Anything in particular?
1: Probably just yeah, standing side by side with the boys when we sing the anthem at the start of the game. Um, so first games in Adelaide there's all the lockdown um, rules about the travel bubble. So in my head, I was thinking, oh, I'm not quite sure if my family made it to the game because there was a hiccup, um, you know, was the borders closing and um, uh, Liverpool being a hotspot, they couldn't actually travel. So um, it was all just dependent on um, whether they'll actually get to the game. So they travelled on the day of the game um, and there was kind of, mixed up at the borders about trying to get in to the game. So I lost contact with them because we we're already at the game. And um, I just said, if you guys make it, I uh, mean the world to me. And if you don't, then you know, I'll, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't do, I can't do anything else. So um, Yeah, standing side by side and looking up into the crowd, I see my son um, and my, my parents and my partner. Uh, my two girls weren't actually um, lucky enough to come to the game, um, so they they stayed back in Sydney. But, yeah, uh, just seeing my son um, standing out in the crowd, it was, yeah, definitely, a, yeah, it was a bit emotional.
0: I bet it was a, ham- oh. a handful of games for the Blues already. Plenty more to come. Thanks for dropping in, mate.
1: Uh, legend. Thank you.
0: Hey legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. What age does a front rower play his best footy? It's not 18 or 19. It's normally, I guess, probably closer to retirement than debut. Junior Paulo has joined us on the Weekly Watch. What do you reckon, big fella? What age for a front rower to be at their best?
1: Yeah, um, I I, I was fortunate enough that I got to debut quite young. Um, So, you know, I've definitely had a, a lot of years to learn my my trade and, and learn my trade in, in the game and playing in front row. And I certainly feel as you know, last year I played some you know um, probably career best form of footy. And, you know, it's certainly for myself personally been looking to build off the back of that. And this year is definitely uh, been the same, quite cliche, but I think front row are like red wine for us. It's, it's about learning how to, I guess, perfect the trade of being a front roller is knowing where to position yourself around the field and how how to get around, um, you know, while while taking on the, the heavy workload that we do endure in today's modern game. And especially now with the speed of the game, um, being able to just, yeah, be, find yourself at the right place at the right time. And when the team does need the those tough carries out of the backfield, you've you got to be there to take them.
0: Is it also about... Uh- Just maturing and learning, doing things smarter than always harder, like both training and playing.
1: Yeah, the body definitely does, um, you know, start to, I guess, wear out a bit (laughs) the the older you get. So um, you you do got to be, play the game definitely a lot smarter than you do harder. The the younger you are, you can easily back up week in, week out. And the body's, you know, it, it gets on quite well the older you get, you start to have these little niggling injuries or these little corks and bruises that start to hang around a lot longer than what, what they're supposed to. Do. So, um, you know, you definitely love doing the tough stuff.
0: 27 years of age now, still plenty of years left, mate.
1: Uh, let's hope so. <laughs> Touch wood. Um, yeah, uh, do it. You do it love love, um Just running out there and just playing with the boys. So every, every week this is what we do. We, you know, 80 minutes is our scapegoat from, from being the average person. So the that, that 80 minutes we're on the field is, you know, that's where we're, where you probably just, you don't think, you just do because it's something you've, you've done your whole life.
0: Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. Now that my man Brad Takarangi has left the Eels, there is a position available. Who is the Eels' most annoying person? It was tackers. It must be someone else. Junior, Paulo, you're big enough to speak your mind and handle your teammates. Who's taken over the position of most annoying and why?
1: Um, yeah. Oh. Um, Gaffer, <laughs> um, The king. Everyone just knows how he is. He's full of energy, but yeah. sometimes it could be a bit too much energy. <laughs>
0: I thought you were thinking about Reed Marnie there because anyone else I interview at Parramatta say, oh, he's just
1: such a pest. Actually, yeah. You, you've actually just brought that up. I'll, I'll take that one back from Guthrie and sorry about the disrespect, Guthrie, but um, <laughs> the little mate Reed, he, he definitely is. I, I forgot about him because he's been out injured, so he hasn't been annoying anyone. <laughs> So uh, he, he's back, just back in rehab at the moment. So he trains by himself, and that's probably the best thing for him and for us as a team, where he's not annoying anyone. <laughs> Mate, it's amazing in a
0: in a club setup. The group needs so many different characteristics and, and characters of people. You need a couple of serious blokes. You need a couple of clowns. You need a couple of good trainers, bad trainers. And it all just mixes nicely into one group, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think Paramount is a prime example of that. Um, You know, just having all the characters you could think of under the sun. Uh, We've got, you know, Tommy Opicek, who's probably the more more serious kind, who who tends to not show any emotions. And then you go down right to the other side of the spectrum where you have Reed, who's the biggest pest. Um, Gutho just brings the energy all the time. And then you've got the, you've got Mitchell, who brings a sort of, you know, that confident, arrogant yeah. halfback as they normally have their cheekiness that they normally do.
0: That's it for another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. And over summer, the footy talk just doesn't stop. It's the ultimate argument starter, on Mondays is Dream Team, where a current or former superstar drops in and gives their 13. Might be best ever 13, the best they played with or wish they had, best drinkers, best looking, who knows, there's no rules, but plenty of laughs. Wednesdays we catch up with one of the game's current players and put the spotlight on them with a collection of short interviews on a wide range of topics, both footy and away from footy. There's never been anything quite like this before, and we reckon you'll love it. On the weekend, the weekend session. Of course, you can invite any person, any era, any country or profession, dead or alive, to your place for the ultimate weekend session. Which eight do you invite and why? Our guests tell us who they've picked. We talk beers, barbecues and a bit of footy too. This is the only podcast in rugby league that speaks with the legends and not about them, and we're not slowing down over the off-season. Before you go, if you've enjoyed this edition, throw a five-star rating and review at us on the podcast app you're listening on. It's huge for us as we look to grow the brand and bring you more. Hope you're enjoying summer and make sure you come back soon, legends.